Hey, you are now listening to the Graceway Podcast. Let's talk. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to Let's Talk. My name is Jeff Adams here with Pastor Tim Dunn, and uh, we're here to talk. And uh, I, I guess, Pastor Tim, I represent uh, a good number of people that watch this podcast every week. And so the questions that I ask, hopefully, are some that many of you would be asking. And before we even get started, let me just remind you, this is a podcast, and uh, I don't know how you found us today, but uh, we are available anywhere you get your podcast: Google, Apple, Spotify, whatever. And uh, let me just urge you, as I always do, if you've not yet done so, please subscribe, and that way we can notify you when a new episode comes out every week and uh, you won't miss a thing. So Pastor Tim, good practical teaching this morning. We're in the third month of going through the Bible. Right. And we're still in those crazy five books of Moses, right? The Pentateuch, the Torah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's interesting to me because those are the books that uh, usually break everybody's ambition to read through the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And, uh, and and it's almost like we're, we're going through the wilderness ourselves yeah. as we try to read through those sure. books. But your point today was that the wilderness has a purpose, right? Yeah. And uh, you, you mentioned there's there's three things that we need to keep our eyes on. But before we even get into that, you you shared a statistic today, and I've not heard the statistic, but uh, obviously you're on top of these things. That because of the pandemic, the church—you're not talking about this church, that church—but the church in America mm-hmm. has lost about thirty percent. Mm-hmm. Not people who got mad, not people who uh, they just they just wrote the church out of their life. Yeah. How does that feel as a shepherd, a pastor? What are the things that are going through your mind as you kind of get your head around that statistic? How does that feel? Wow. Um, There's obviously some feeling attached. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm thinking through all of the edits. Um, no, I, I, I think worry is, yeah. the, is the biggest for yeah. me because... Um, because I, you know, whether you look at the wilderness here, whether you look at John 10, you know the enemy has intense, you know, vulnerabilities that get created, you know. Um, I know what happens in people's lives when they get away from faith yeah. and God's people. And, the, and, and you know, the, the pastor in me wants, wants to spare people that. Mm-hmm. Um, the pastor in me worries when people you know, playing traffic, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then I think there's also a bit of um, wanting to learn, wanting to understand, wanting the church, this church, and the church to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, spending time through... Uh, <clears throat> obviously, people are going to come and go. Obviously, people are going to leave. Obviously, people are going to make decisions. But I think when you just when you just put the cards on the table and say, in a time of incredible transition and need and division, um, 30% of the church found greater commonality outside of the church. I think the church has to be humble enough to say, why? Yeah, I think that's a great point, and I, I truly appreciate the way that you handled it this morning. You didn't come down as being mad or angry or preaching hard, but uh, the, the word that you used a lot today, I, I think the, the focus was in the book of Numbers. You're talking yeah. about the wilderness. Yeah. You're talking about following God through those dry seasons yeah. of life. But the word that you used several times that 
I think it's a powerful word, mm-hmm. is uh, this generation of Israel got stuck in yeah. the wilderness. Yeah. And uh, your application of that is yeah. the church in America got stuck in the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So when you look at what are, what are, what are the implications of that, do you think, as we look at the future? I mean, here's a generation of Israel that lengthened an 11 or 12 day journey into 40 years. Yeah. You're not a prophet, I understand that. I'm not, but what, no, what do you see? I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 one of our, our big things is, you know, we wanting, especially churches of scale, I think the churches that continue to emphasize program and events and those kind of things are gonna, are going to continue to struggle or, or struggle worse. I think churches that emphasize, and this is so simplistic, and we could do 10 podcasts on this, but we're really trying to emphasize uh, relational proximity, uh, emphasize connectivity to one another. I think, I think here, uh, what's something that I have to own is, you know, we were, we were in a spot of transition. We were emphasizing things like ser- weekend services, and, and we were emphasizing small groups, we always have. Right. Um, but just some of the relational proximity stuff and to be honest, you know, I was going, I was, I was in the spin cycle a bit myself with, with COVID for myself, for my family, for the church. And, and so I think what the church has to do is emphasize people, mm-hmm. not programs. And I think we have to listen. Mm-hmm. I think we have to do a better job listening to where people are, to how they got there, to what people need. Um, I, I, think, I think old fashioned pastoring Mm. Um, is a really, really important thing right now. I, I've, I've been talking a lot to the pastors just about the vast majority of their time not being spent with their laptop, but being spent with people. With people, yeah. Um, yeah, and then I think things like today, right, of, of how, do, how do we both simplify and accentuate um, uh, what people experience when they come here in a way that gives them handlebars when the bottom falls out. And, uh, and I, I, I always try to do that. Um, but you would know, you know, my, my, I'm just going to teach you through the Bible. And I've said this because I want you to learn to see God in all of scripture. And I want you to learn to hear from God in scripture. Mm -hmm. And for me, not only do I want the church to listen better, not only do I want greater relational proximity and connectivity, but I also want to teach our people how to hear. And I mean, this is, it doesn't get more basic than this, but how to hear from hear from and follow God in the absence of that service. You know, you've used a phrase several times in, in your tenure here at, at Graceway that I truly appreciate, that your goal is not to give people more information about the Bible, yeah. but to teach them how to think biblically. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm really hearing you say through that, where you listen to the voice of God, uh, slow down, uh, yeah. be quiet, be still, but learn to think biblically. It's not just about going through a program. Yeah, and I think that I think if um, I think I believe that uh, even more now. Um, I, I think I think how I was listening to Christians process what I was seeing Christians post mm-hmm. um, things that I were watching was watching Christians connect themselves to that. Um, and I. I I don't think Christians had any business associating with, let alone endorsing, and um, and I, I think I think that part of the course correct for me uh, was I just got I I I've got to get very serious about the simple 
So you spend time hearing from God with God's people um, mm-hmm. because this is going to happen again. I mean, mm-hmm. it may be not to the extent, maybe, maybe not in the next handful of years, but, um, and I'm a big believer in the weekend. You know, I'm not, uh, uh, but I think that we have to um, uh, faith insulate uh, mm-hmm. the church a little bit better than we have, create a little bit more sturdiness of mind and faith in the disciples of Jesus uh, during these times. Because we did, we did not respond well in COVID. Mm-hmm. We didn't. Uh, a yeah. 30% loss, the church has to own some of that. There's no, there's no getting around it. Yeah, if, if not all of that. You know my background, having lived in other countries and struggling for decades, literally, to connect with the American church. Yeah. And a lot of that goes back to something that I can remember hearing decades ago uh, that was said of a very well-known pastor, one that began, uh, not not began, but one of the first mega churches. Yeah. And it was said of that individual, oh, he could build a church even if God were dead. Yeah. And, and I think there's some truth to that. Yeah that we, we build the programs and the activities and we have all these ways and methods to draw people in. Yeah. But people are drawn into a country club. They're drawn into service clubs. They're drawn into That's a right. lot of things. That's right. And uh, yeah, I love what you're saying about the church has to, to own that. Yeah. Think, what, what does that look like? Well, I think, I think you know, today today's message, you know, I, I, there's not a much more, you get you got what I said today on flannel graph, right? Like, <laughs> God is provider, yeah. God is protector, worship God. But yeah, I think, I think I'm trying, I, I'm, the church has to get better at producing storm, storm ready Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to let go of some of the things and we, we have to be more humble and listen more than we did. I mean, we, uh, I, I, I'm afraid that, I, I'm afraid that there are churches and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that we're exempt from this or that this isn't true of us, but there ha, are, you know, having whiplash of thinking that they're kind of at the center of power and policy and those kind of things. And we're very quickly, very quickly out on the outside of some yeah. of those things. And, and that the, the church getting used to not being able to be a part of power grabs mm-hmm. is, is both biblical. <laughs> uh, but anytime the church has tried to associate with movements of power, it snaps back on on the church. And and for me, COVID had a had a potentially great refining uh, potential for for the church to um, let's just get back to the basics. Let's do what only we're called to do. Let's prepare our folks to deeply love Jesus, hear from God. You know, the I, I I'm I'm at a I want to listen more and strip everything else down space right now, and. Um, and I don't know. I, to be honest with you, I, I don't know. I think anybody who says they know exactly what, what to do next with the church is trying to sell a book. Well, yeah, I think so. A book or yeah. a, a methodology or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as you know, I had the chance to be involved in ministering a couple of wartime situations. Yeah. And in one of those countries in particular, in El Salvador, this has been m- more years ago than most of our listeners can remember. Sure. But uh, it, it was amazing to me to see that in the midst of a bloody, bloody civil war, the church grew. Right. It didn't shrink by 30%. Right. It grew by quantum right. uh, from 2% to 20% of the population. Right. And, and, and yet in America, here we have this image of being a Christian country. Yeah. And uh, the, the Christian country church decreased by 30%, not in the middle of a war, but in the middle of a disease. 
Yeah, and, and something that had the potential to be catalytic for us, it, it had the opposite effect. And do you think that, that we can still be purified? Do you think we can come back? Do you think, are you optimistic? Uh, about what? <laughs> <laughs> Am I optimistic about a I, I don't want to go back to what it was. Before. No, but I mean, are you optimistic about something positive coming oh. out of this? You've talked about yeah. today about how the wilderness is to refine, yeah. to deepen, to strengthen. Yeah, no, to I. To mold us. That's what's throwing me off. I don't, I have zero concern that God is going to continue to build his church and the gates of COVID are not going to prevail against it. Um, That's a good quote. <laughs> uh, yeah, or whoever wins the 2024 or what happens in Russia. I, I um, Yeah. Um, now, is there going to be a return to prominence, to power, to numbers, to... Um, man, I, I don't know. I don't, I, for me, that was never the aim. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and so is God going to purify his church? Is the church going to have the wisdom to slow down, to listen, to engage in points of tension and conflict in biblical ways? Oh, I hope this one is. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really all that we can control. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah. So, um, you know, you and I, you and I have talked before. I mean, this is, the, the global church is not centered in the United States. And the global so, church is very healthy. And the global church is doing great and yeah. continued to do great during during COVID. So, you know, whenever I hear people, and not, not you, obviously, but whenever I hear people talk about getting back to whatever normal, the, the, the axis of the global church already moved. Mm. We're already, we are already de-centered from the place of influence that we um, feel like we've had. Now we still have vestiges of it. We still have a, we still have the preponderance of money, but the culture of the global church isn't being made yeah. by Americans anymore. Exactly. They're they're not following our patterns. They are no. They're not they're not following our patterns. And if anything, they're learning from our mistakes, which is great. Yeah. Um, but for me, what COVID has the potential to do is get us. Because, because some of our, our programs and our systems and all has got stripped out of us, if we'll listen, and I mean globally, not just locally, I think that we do have the opportunity to join what God is doing in the world at a broader level. Now, what, what God will have to take out of us is this demand for credit and control. And you and I have talked about that at significant length. But I hope, my hope is that a 30% loss humbles the American church yeah. and allows us to be a part of what God's doing in the world, which is profound and beautiful and mm -hmm. fruitful and God glorifying. In the American church, you know, everybody always talks about the, the American church is dying and all those kind of things. That, the numbers don't represent that either. The American church is, we're, we're you know, we're, there are spots that it's growing, there are spots that it's dying. What is dying? gratefully is some of the aligning with political positions yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of the glad handing and the money grabs and those kind of things covid you know drove multiple mac trucks through that now whether or not we will let go of it finally and ultimately or try to grab back the pieces of it i think remains to be seen um, but i i think that i think that god use COVID to knock some things out of our hands. And I think that it would be wise of the church before we pick things back up to think long and hard about mm -hmm. 
uh, about. So I'll just say one thing that I that I that I pray is God, whatever you took from us in COVID, I just need you to be clear on what I'm supposed to try to pick back up in terms of vision, in terms of direction, in terms of. And so anytime I anytime I I think about restarting something. Mm-hmm. I, I normally spend a couple weeks just trying to seek God on, is it, am I supposed to restart this? Yeah. Am I supposed to, re, are we supposed to redo this? Are we supposed to? And, um, you know, like the love justice thing came right. out of a, a season where we were sort of involved mm-hmm. with love justice, but it was, it was a pick that back up. Yeah. And for, for people that, that, that don't know what love justice is, this is a ministry that fights human trafficking. Yeah. And uh, that was co-founded by a couple that have yeah. roots here in Gracewell, yeah. although they no longer live in the Kansas City area. Right. So explain what happened with Love Justice just a little bit so the people who are podcast watchers can we, can hear that. We had just been talking for a couple of years, even pre-COVID, about partnership mm-hmm. at a significant level. And to be very honest with you, I had a I had a grid in my head around partnership that I still believe, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I around sustainability and around participatory, you know, I'm I'm not a big fan of missions tourism and those yeah, kind of right. things. I'm not a big fan of, you know, American churches doing short-term missions that take jobs and ministry out of nationals' hands. Right. Um, I'm a big fan of God. God allows us to use what we've learned and what we had to benefit and bless others. And I think it's time for the American church to, you know, we don't we don't have to be on the big billboard like we can we can fade into the into the shadows a little bit unless God says otherwise. But um, with with the love justice thing, we had been talking, and, and as great as they are, and as great as what they're doing is, I had never had. I I feel silly saying this, but I had never had this high compulsion to join what they're doing. I don't know why. Um, but this last time that we met, it was like the volume was up. Like you need you need to be a part of. You need to lead Graceway to be a part of that, which led to what we what we did a couple weeks ago. And so I think when I think about um, where we're sending people, mm-hmm. different partnerships, how I'm teaching, what I'm teaching, um, different ways that we're trying to make disciples here, I, I'm I'm doing a lot more listening, honestly, probably than I ever have. I, I was just going to go back to that because that that's been a theme, yeah. not only of what you spoke on this morning, yeah. but it's been a theme of what we've been talking about, that ability to listen to God yeah. uh, when you're going through those dry oh, seasons. Oh, and others. And, and others, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. God and others. Yeah. And uh, it sounds to me like that's exactly what's happening in your case. And it's not that yeah. you don't care about human trafficking beforehand. No. That's not the issue. But, no. it's, okay, God, is this what you have for us right now in yeah. this season? Yeah, especially at the level that we... We we're intending to do it. I mean, I I had made the statement from the stage, and I think on this podcast, um, you know, two things that I think a church has to be involved in: Bible translation and human trafficking. You've heard me say that sans yes. human trafficking. Yes. <laughs> and so that's a significant escalation. Um, but yeah, I, I I think for me, just pastorally. Um, yeah, I'm having to slow down. I'm having to listen more. I, I'm, our systems were ruined in COVID, mm-hmm. which you can grieve all you want, but but there there's a lot of potential for a lot of new wineskins to be created coming out of COVID. Yeah, and so um, and so I'm I'm trying to listen as broadly as I can, as deeply as I can, as slowly as I can, and uh, and I frankly, 
it, I have no idea what's going to come out of it. Yeah. Um, but again, even even this series was a product of COVID. You know, if you had said t two years ago, you should teach through the entire Bible in a year. Like, eh, no, thank you. What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. You know, it's interesting. I, I spent some time in Eastern Europe before the fall of communism and experienced personally the the pressure, the yeah. the darkness. Yeah. And, um, and and then we went through a time when there was a, a, a great deal of confusion and suffering yeah. and even some war that took yeah. place in that part of the world that gave birth to a revitalized church. Yeah. And uh, we can see the benefits in countries like Romania that is now receiving yeah. so many of the people coming out of Ukraine. That's right. And uh, so we can only hope and pray that we'll see something similar happen in this country. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. And, you know, at the macro level, um, yeah, we'll see. But here, where, where I'm going to I'm gonna stand before God for, I mean, we're, we're deeply committed to... Um, white knuckling what we're certain of and 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 that's a very small list right now very mm. small smaller than pre-covid yeah and uh and being very open-handed with form and function and programs and systems and all of those kind of things and and i think just putting a little bit more skin on things maybe than i would have before sure so yeah well, you know, you, you talked about the three things that we need to look toward in yeah. those moments in the, in the dry season. God is our provider. God yeah. is our protector. And, and the final point uh, I thought was so important, and that is worshiping God even when it makes no sense. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And uh, what, what I'm hearing you say through that is whatever comes of this, it won't be because we figure it out. No. <laughs> yeah, it's because we follow. I, I, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and worship when it makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, yeah, so you know, I'm I'm fascinated to see. I, I really am. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the way this morning you you brought it back, and uh, here we are, kind of stuck in the mud of the of, of the Old Testament, so to speak. Sure. Uh, those those passages where it's so easy to get stuck. But uh, you, you kind of put a four-wheel drive on nice this morning yeah. <laughs> as we, we looked at that. And uh, you, you talked about how in the midst of that, Moses is on his way out. Yeah. And Joshua comes on, who yeah. is a picture for us of Jesus yeah. in so many ways. And, uh, and then what you did, you took us back to the temptation of Jesus. Right where he is tempted by the very devil in those same three issues. Yeah, yeah, right. Are you going to trust God to provide? Are yeah. you going to trust God to protect? Are you going to worship God or someone else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does somebody else fill that God spot? No. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, you know, uh, as we've talked many times, and as you know, I, I was reading everything I get my hands on on wilderness and blah, 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 and, um, and really started to see those themes in that whole 40-year space of, they're always they're always grumbling about we're not safe and we don't have what we need again and again and again, and then it always ended up affecting their worship. And I just yeah. thought, oh, that's in you know that's interesting. And I had I had that part done yeah. in in my notes, and you know God just kind of kept you know hey look over here, and so I just started following wilderness through, and then got studying Matthew four and thought. Oh my goodness. And that takes us all the way back to the garden. That's and, right. And you've been following that theme that's from right. the temple and the garden and all the way through Moses to the yeah. book of Revelation. But yeah. that's how where Adam and Eve got off track Absolutely. in these same three areas, Absolutely. same three temptations. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's, and that's the, I, 
that's the incredible thing about the Bible is, you know, you'll, you'll find a thread and you just keep pulling and pulling and pulling and pulling and <laughs> yeah. pulling and, and, you know, over to first John and, you know, exactly. you just, um, it's, it's, it's the best. Yeah, it's just kind of hard to improve upon the Bible. But I, I think yeah. sometimes we, we get so locked into our intellectual desire to have all of the answers and control it all yeah. Yeah. that I think sometimes God uses those wilderness times yeah. to, you, you said it several times in this podcast, to bring us to a point of humility. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, this one probably more than maybe any of them i i mean i probably said 20 percent of what my what my notes were yeah um, yeah today but um this one's been really really good for me because just personally because you know covid as i've said was was a very both emotional and dry season and i think that i'm still i'm still kind of clawing out of that hole and i think for me just seeing these three all the way through. When I do my own COVID autopsy, mm -hmm. uh, I see I see the ways I got off on all three. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I think it also really, for me, humanizes uh, the Hebrews in the wilderness. I think that I think that we kind of condescend to their experience. Yeah, we tend to think, oh, those silly Hebrews, <laughs> yeah. if they would have just done this. Yeah. And then you realize, no, they're uh -oh. just a representative yeah. of all <laughs> of us. Yeah, yeah. And wow. even the even the Moses piece, you know, you, you think of God saying, you didn't listen to me, you don't get to go in. I mean, that feels really brutally harsh. But it feels brutally honest. Brutally, brutally <laughs> and, and honest. Real. And real. And when I tie in the Jesus again, like as I'm going to say it exactly as the Father said it, um, I, yeah, it just, I, I'm, I'm, I hope the sermons are going well. I'm loving the process just personally of, um, you know, pieces fitting together and just enjoying. Well, as one guy on the pew, I'm loving it too. It's been great. <laughs> sure. And I think both of us over our life have had our times to be hitting the rock with a staff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wanting yeah, the water to yeah, come out. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it brings us all back to that point of it humility. Does, and that brings us back to the point of saying goodbye <laughs> until next time. I think it's about time to wrap it up. Yeah. But before we go, just a reminder, subscribe to this podcast, if you would, wherever you get your podcast. And uh, while you're at it, if you could leave us a nice uh, review, that would help as well. Invite your friends and family and people that you think would benefit from just an honest discussion between two people that love God and, and, and love the Bible and are trying to figure out our own humanity. So if you would, we will wait and we will see you next week. Thanks for tuning into the Graceway Experience. Hope we can talk again sometime.